everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. It's always good to be here. Happy to have you. And joining us today is our dear friend and longtime Prairie Doc radio host, Joan Hogan. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. It's really good to be here. It has been a little while. It has has been a while. I just thought it was a good time to stop in and say hello to everyone. I miss Bob. I haven't seen him forever. And two years. No, it can't be two years, Bob. Maybe. I, it's been a long time it's been since a while. I've seen Bob. Well, year, none maybe. of us got out or did anything for a couple of years. So it's good to be out among people. And uh, Bob is the greatest guy to worry about anything, he, he anything medical. Yes. So you can be sure COVID had to be very hard on him mentally, as it was on most of us. But right. fortunately, we all got our shots and we're happy as a lark and we're getting out and moving. Right, right. absolutely. And I just, I'm just smiling seeing you, Joan, and hearing your voice. And I'm sure all of our listeners are too. Oh, so happy too to have you joining us today. Well, that I is... thought it was a good time to come back. And uh, I know you've all been talking about COVID and it's been on everyone's mind for the past two years Mm -hmm. and fears and scares that went with it and right now I'm just I I just called Laura and I said I gotta call I know you've been talking about it but if I ever influenced anyone I'd love to influence them today to please go get that COVID vaccine if you haven't yet and make sure your kids get it Mm -hmm. now I hear there's some resistance from kids too it's Mm -hmm. just crazy Mm -hmm. it really is it makes me think, am I going to take too long now? You're no, okay, you're, right. you're okay. fine. Yes. Uh, when I think of COVID, I think of uh, one of the strongest memories I have as a child. And it was back in the 50s. My, at that time, doctors were gods. You, didn't ever, you never questioned your doctor. I mean, everything the doctor said went. Mm. <laughs> and I can remember my mother on the telephone telling dear Dr. McHenry, we, I just can't bring him in. I can't do it. And he, and I could, you know, whatever his side was, but he, she said, but it's polio. And she kept saying, I don't care if there's vaccine. I'm so scared. I don't want my kids to get polio. And finally she said, okay, doctor, if you say so, I'll bring them in. And we all went in and got the soft vaccine. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine in today when so many people have all these ridiculous things on social media, they're not trusting medicine, they're not trusting the authorities, and they're, you know, my mother might have been one of those mm-hmm. today, but then mm-hmm. because a doctor told her, she knew it was right. Think of polio being eradicated in our country. Mm-hmm. Believe me, in the 1950s, no one thought it was possible we'd ever eradicate polio. It was a fearful, scary, scary thing for people. But because we listened to medicine, we went ahead, Dr. Cruz, you would understand this. You're, you're not quite, quite treated like a god. Like the, um, oh, no. The, no, no, no. <laughs> but really, and I, I'm using god too lightly, but I mean, really, they were, they were trusted implicitly and for good reason because medicine is sound. 
And the medicine behind COVID, the COVID vaccine is so sound. It's just crazy not to get those shots. And, you know, I keep thinking, what would it be like today if we still had maybe 30% of the population who never got the vaccine, the, the sock vaccine? Polio would still exist in America, right? Well, yeah. doctor, you yeah, tell me, Dr. Cruz, how would it be? That, um, I've, oh, I, I see the, the medical museums with the iron lungs, and I just, as a mother, I, it would break my heart to see a, my child in that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, you know, with the chances of not ever fully recovering. I mean, it's just terrible. It was a terrible, terrible thing. And, I, you know, and when you think back, I mean, people today just have to recognize it's the same thing. You simply cannot let this go. You have to really care about, if you don't care about yourself, care about the people you love. Get the shot just for them. It's mm -hmm. just crazy not to. We're having some compliance, but... Ah, if we leave 20% of our population not getting the shots, it'd just be wrong. And right now it's more than that in, across the country. I, uh, I don't know what more to say. I know I'm preaching yes. to, the, to the choir here, but overall I really hope all of you who may still be resisting this, just think back. Many of you are my age and you remember polio. <laughs> it wasn't a good time. Just think if your mothers hadn't listened to the doctors then, what would, what would the world be like? Same thing today. You don't listen to commonplace medicine, and you're going to hurt this country. You just are. If you're a real American, you really care about this country. Come on, true Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Joe and I appreciate you coming in and sharing those those thoughts. And um, yes, we we have been talking about the COVID nineteen vaccines and all the updates, you know, every week and. Um, I know we all have different experiences and why it's important to us. And so it's, it's great to hear from you, Joan, and, right. and why that's important to you. And we do have um, a chance today, if someone is looking for an opportunity yet, um, today from 4 to 8 p.m. at the Swift Tell Center is um, a chance to get the single dose uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So if anyone um, is looking for their opportunity yet, that's easy today, 4 to 8 p.m. at the Swift Tell Center. Center. Um, and if today doesn't work and you're still looking for an opportunity, um, most of the pharmacies and the clinics, kind of your normal places to go get a vaccine, um, are now available to do that. And just as a reminder, it's free. No matter where you go get it, it's free. So um, if you haven't had an opportunity to make a plan for that or get that scheduled, um, now is a great time to do that. Well, we're going to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime. 
You can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. And Joan Hogan has stopped by the studio to join us today as well. If you have a question you would like us to address this morning, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break, Jill and Joan were talking about how um, it's important for us to continue to get the COVID-19 vaccine in our community and among all of our people. And we're reflecting on polio and how that vaccine has changed things. And it seems to tie in with our Prairie Doc. One of our things we've been looking at this week is health literacy and our understanding of medicine. And it is a complicated, medicine is complicated and there's big words. (laughs) It gets confusing and it's our health and we get kind of scared sometimes. Dr. Cruz, you want to talk a little bit about that importance of health literacy and how that reflects on how we care for ourselves and our community? Yes. So um, if you read my article, there's a a wonderful quote in there saying that knowledge is not power. Knowledge is the potential for power. And you need to have an understanding, which leads to wisdom. So, you know, having the information on the patient portals now, which is great, we're giving information, lots of information to patients. You can look up your x-ray reports, your pathology reports, your mammogram reports, your clinic notes, your hospital, you know, daily rounding notes. Uh, And all of those give you lots of information, but there's lots of words in there that are designed for doctors and it is a completely different language. I'm not writing my note for the patient to read. I'm writing my note for another doctor to read who will take over the care of this patient to know what's going on. So it is chock full of jargon. Mm-hmm. It is chock full of words that have Latin and Greek roots. We, we don't say kidney, we say renal or nephro, you know. So all of the things have these different um, Latin and Greek words and we use such specific language uh, to try to describe stuff that you won't use in your everyday. So you can get those reports and read them, but without a context of a, a conversation with a patient, you know, with your healthcare provider, it may end up just being more confusing and more scary. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have had patients come in and say, yeah, I, I read it on the portal. I have no clue what this means. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you understand this because it's not written in layman's terms mm-hmm. and there's no explanation behind it. It's just statement of fact. This is what the x-ray says. And when the radiologists, they will say everything they see and some things are important and some things are just what we call incidental findings. It's, it's there. It's something to take note of. It's probably not going to cause any problems, but since they saw it, they want to document it. So I have had people that uh, have a lot of knowledge about what's going on in their medical chart, but without the context in that relationship, it's not the power that they would like it to be. So help us turn that knowledge into power mm-hmm. and, and power to take care of you and your health um, so we can have that conversation and explain what all of this means and put it into context and talk about what's your risk factors, what's your family history, what's 
individualized medicine for you. Mm -hmm. So, and that's where that relationship with your doctor is so important to help with that literacy. So you understand what's going on and know what all of these things mean for you. Mm -hmm. I'm curious with what you said, if a patient portal is something relatively new, maybe in the past 10 years, have you found it to be a benefit or a detriment? I think it's a mixed blessing. Okay. It, it is definitely a, a mixed blessing. Um, sometimes things will come out where uh, the patient pulls up the pathology report before I've had a chance to see it because I'm busy seeing patients. So I don't want someone to find out that they have breast cancer on their computer at home without someone to hold their hand, right. look them in the eye and say, this is the plan, I'm sorry these results happened, this is what we're going to do next. There's no way you can control that knowledge on the portal? Not due Not to government yet. regulations. So we're oh. uh, at Sanford, as soon as it's reported, it's out on the portal. With the very, They try to do a one-day delay so the doctor has a chance to put it into context and to sit you and hold your hand. No one wants to find out they have cancer at home. No, absolutely not. Right. right. You know, mm -hmm. So that's 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 a drawback. That's a, that's a drawback. Um, the good thing is you know what's going on, and you know especially for family members um, to know what's going on because I can get what's called healthcare proxy. So if my parents give permission, I can get onto their portal and see what's going on. So that's really good for family members if you're distant and can't be there sitting at the doctor's office. Well, what did the doctor say? Sometimes the information I get back is misunderstood, misinterpreted in layman's terms, and then I'm trying to translate it back into doctor to say, okay, what does this mean? What do we do? You know, when my I found out my dad had prostate cancer, I'm like, okay, what's your Gleason score? And he had no clue what I was talking about. So right. I had to, yeah, had I had a portal where I could say, oh, it says you're a Gleason six. Okay, I totally know what that means. I know where to go from that. So that's where it can be really helpful for getting people communicating. And studies have shown people forget about 30% of what they hear in a clinic visit. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things. So if you can go back and read, this is what the doctor said. Great. That's very You know, helpful. you mentioned that proxy. I'm curious to know um, how y you as a doctor recognize that you can ask to have the proxy for your parents or a loved one, but how does how do other people know to request the proxy or what steps do you go through for that? Uh, usually it's the person whose chart it is. They have to go and usually at the desk of the clinic request for proxy access. So it's a pretty a, simple it's thing. It's basically signing a piece of paper saying I give this permission, this person permission to have access to my medical record. That's really good to know. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that. How about you? Yeah, yeah. that is really helpful. My my parents have given me um, that ability as well and it's really helpful. I mean, they're not, they're not that old yet or anything, but um, it's just helpful to be able to they say, we went in, you can look at my results and whatever, and Andrew and I are able to take a quick look at that and understand what they're going through. So, um, or what what's kind of their schedules are and what is going on with their healthcare. So yeah, I would recommend if you're comfortable or you want someone to have that information to, to take that step um, and share it that way. Great idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. 
We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. It is important as we age to add strength training to aerobic exercises. These activities will help you build strength, maintain bone density, and improve balance, coordination, and mobility, and reduce the risk of falling so that you can stay independent and perform activities of daily life. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings about strength training and get started today. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. We've also been joined in the studio today by our dear friend, Joan Hogan. Joan, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, it's enjoyable to be here, and I said I kind of cut in on your role right away asking Jill questions, but it's just in my nature. Absolutely. You know, curious, got to know, but that practice is a really good concept and I don't know that I'll, it's that well known that you can easily access the practice you know get mm-hmm. permission to access your parents or your loved ones or uh, even a child is going through a medical crisis you could you could uh, access the information that they have right when they right. get it it's wonderful right. yeah it's helpful to see like the different medicines there uh, that you right. have and just just one more person to help because it is it can get complicated and just one more person to kind of help keep track of of right. some of those things well we wanted to talk a little bit today about this heat we are experiencing here in uh the region um, Joan, have you been staying cool? Have you? I've found been some trying ways? to. I did something really stupid Monday, but that that's natural for me. But <laughs> I had been wanting to get to this one area of my yard, and I didn't get out early. So about eleven o'clock, I go out Ooh, there. Mm-hmm. It was nearing ninety. It was ninety by the time I was finished. I did about half of what I wanted to do, and I thought, "You do still have a brain cell. Get out of this heat." <laughs> And nice. I went in, and I showered, and I sat. I sat as long as I worked, yes. which was just silly. You know, I should have never been out there. Mm-hmm. So the next day I went out at 8 in the morning when it was still 70, which mm-hmm. was just nice. Got my work done and came in. But it's just stupid to go out in that heat. It just is. And I'm no young chick anymore. There's Even younger people shouldn't be out toiling in this kind of heat. So, uh you know, word of the wise or word of the dumb, don't do it anymore. And I, I'm making sure I'm not getting outside in 90 degrees heat and trying to get any work done. It's silly. It right. just is. It is amazing how warm it does heat up in the morning so quickly. I was out the other Saturday morning, and even at 9 a.m., I was feeling pretty hot in that sun. So right. Well, and it's supposed to go up to 90. I got my good old watch again. Uh, it's going to hit 93 today. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The heat is overwhelming. Right. Best to just sit back, drink your lemonade, and enjoy. Yes, yes. Dr. Cruz, what, what advice do you have for us if we need to be out in the heat uh, right now? Definitely, I would say early morning, late evenings are, are the best time to be out. If you're out... Uh, make sure you've got something that can help cool you down, you know, a fan, you know, a hat to kind of cover a shade, you know, eye protection. Um, sunglasses are good because UV radiation is actually damaging to the eye, too. So sunglasses are important. And, and knowing when to come in, when you're hot, when you're sweating. Because there there's two things. There's heat uh, exhaustion and there's heat stroke. So heat exhaustion is when you're sweating profusely, your skin is cold, clammy, pale, you feel dizzy, lightheaded, nauseated. 
get in. Definitely get in at that time. That time it, it's easily reversible. You get in, you cool down, small sips of water, you'll start feeling better. Because uh, if you don't, you might start convulsing or pa actually pass out from the heat, and that can happen. And if untreated, heat exhaustion can then lead into heat stroke, which is a medical emergency where we need to treat people in the hospital for that because that's very dangerous and potentially life-threatening. And at that point, your body has lost the ability to sweat. Mm. So you are dry, your pulse is bounding, your skin is hot, your temperature you go above, usually above 104 degrees. So it's basically like you're burning up with a fever because mm -hmm. um, your body can no longer sweat to cool yourself down. And that is a, a dire emergency. So when you start feeling, you know, I am profusely sweating, I'm feeling a little dizzy, I'm feeling a little sick, I got a headache, those are all signs that you need to get inside because you're developing heat exhaustion. Okay. And we don't want it to turn into heat stroke. So we gotta listen to our bodies then. Definitely. Um, you talked about sweating, so um, drinking liquid is an important part of helping with that process is Definitely. that true drinking yes. liquid is okay. very important you want to replace all of those fluids that you're sweating out because that's mm -hmm. how your body cools you off your innate ability to cool off is by sweating i mean mm -hmm. you know and and don't forget your pets too i mean dogs that's how they they'll pant to try to um, cool off so you know if, if you're hot there could be hot too um you know, watch out with walking pets, you know, especially on asphalt. They can burn their, their paws. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a vet, but let's yeah. think about our, our, if you want walk barefoot on it, probably won't want your dog to walk barefoot on it too. Right, right. So, yeah, good yes. advice. I'm curious about people who have to work out in the sun. What can they do? I would say uh, taking breaks, um, having cool rags on the back of your neck, lots of uh, breaks where you're drinking, trying to stay hydrated. Um, and knowing your limits, knowing when to stop. And you don't want to be a roofer this week, oh, right? Right. <laughs> yes, but we're building a house, and I feel very sorry for the gentlemen that are doing that. So we brought over coolers full of Gatorade and water for them. And <laughs> Good for you. Like, oh, please take breaks, guys. Yeah. And yeah. Right. And tell, tell us a little bit about Gatorade versus water or other mm. drink options, and what do you recommend? Do you recommend you mix in a little Gatorade once in a while? Or yeah, yeah if you're sweating a lot, mm -hmm. uh, that will help replace some of the, the sodium and potassium. Is it necessary? Probably not for most people. Okay. Um, water is, is adequate. Uh, Gatorade just tastes better, in my yeah. opinion. So yeah. I, I like something with a little flavor in it. So if it gets you to drink more fluids, it's a great thing to do. Do you absolutely have to have Gatorade? You know, if you're at a Little League game, are you sweating that much that you're going to need that to replace your electrolytes lost through sweating? Probably not. But if you're out roofing or, you know, working yeah. heavy, running, you know, 5K, definitely. So um, kind of... Rule of thumb, if it's going to make you drink more, go for it, but don't feel you have to. Water is excellent way to replenish your fluids. And I've been hearing that you're supposed to eat something salty while you're drinking. Um, have you heard? Um, that, that's kind of kind the across. whole idea of the, the Gatorade is okay. kind of re replenish those so electrolytes that you're... Because okay. you're when you're sweating, you're losing salt. So. Okay. All right. So if you mix that into there. So that's kind of like, yeah, doing Gatorade to, you know... <laughs> two parts so you got the salt and you've got the water which is gatorated salt and water and together a little potassium so yeah bring the pretzels to the softball game <laughs> is that it okay. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um gatorade i have i have a unique situation with gatorade my family went to 
Florida. I think I was six years old. We went early June. School was out. We went down. And um, I was suffering in the heat, and I got pretty sick. They brought me to the nurse's station at Disney, and she um, gave me yellow Gatorade, and it tasted so good. I remember this still. <laughs> like, it tasted so good. And now, but now, ever since then, the taste of yellow Gatorade just does me in. I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, I don't like yellow Gatorade. And it brings me right Funny back to numbers. that moment. It's so interesting. But yeah, it was a sad deal because I, I kind of ruined the day for our family. And I think the next day we had to stay at our hotel instead of going out. But um, everyone took good care of me. And I think we had some pictures of um, and we finally did go back out of me in a wheelchair because I had really, the heat had really mm-hmm. gotten to me. So um, yeah, so it affects all of us, different it ages, does. young, old. Um, keep track of your kiddos if they're playing outside too and make them come in and cool down as yes. well, right? Yes, and yeah. especially if they're playing out on the cement. I mean, because that just radiates so much of that heat. There's no shade. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the playgrounds are you know, there's not much trees around them, not much coverage. So they right. those get really hot. Mm-hmm. So do be careful with that. Right. And even um, I've had experiences where you touch the slides yes. or whatever, and they're hot. So you mm-hmm. can burn their little legs and all that. So yep. just a reminder for all of us to check on all those things and be thoughtful about those those different things. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Stroke is the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. A stroke occurs when a clot blocks the blood supply to part of the brain or when a blood vessel in or around the brain bursts. In either case, parts of the brain become damaged or die. Stroke can cause weakness or numbness of an arm or leg on one side of the body or even one side of the face. It can also affect speech, language, vision, memory, emotions, and behavior. Talk with your provider about stroke prevention. Call the Vera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here answering our medical questions. And Joan Hogan has joined us in the studio today as well. What a treat to have Joan here as well. We've been talking about being out in this heat and trying to stay hydrated and keep cool and listen to our body when we need to take a break, take a break. Uh, With this heat, many of us are drawn to the water to cool down. We're headed to the pools. Let's talk a little bit about water safety, Dr. Cruz. Yes, so definitely water safety is, is an important thing because people are naturally drawn to water, especially children. So you definitely have to be careful, especially with younger children, watching them. If they fall in, how are they going to deal with that? Are they going to get out? And even younger children that aren't strong swimmers, and even strong swimmers. I mean, I had an episode where we were on family vacation at a water park in a wave pool. I was a lifeguard, and I was having a hard time. I had to get out because I couldn't deal with the five-foot swells that Mm -hmm. were in the wave pool. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm a lifeguard. If I can't handle this... You know, right. it, it was bad because mm-hmm. I was just in water a little bit. I was with my older siblings, taller, a little bit deeper, you know, mm-hmm. there. Uh, and I just, I had to get out. And I, I felt really embarrassed as, you know, here I'm a, you know, high school lifeguard. And the lifeguards tell me, you get out of the pool. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, how embarrassing. But yeah. it can. It can happen to anyone of mm-hmm. any swimming ability. So it's very important to watch have someone that's responsible for watching the kids. Don't trust the lifeguards to do all of it on their own. Um, 
speaking as a former high school and college lifeguard and swimming lessons instructor, there's a lot going on and a lot of kids to watch and things. And one thing that um, I don't think a lot of people understand or appreciate is the color of your swimsuit can affect how easily it is for a lifeguard or a parent or someone watching to see you in the pool. Um, there is the Aquatic Safety Connection did a um, color uh, swimsuit test and they took like it looks like one two three four five six seven uh, 14 different colored swimsuits and did pictures of someone at the surface of the pool and at the bottom of the pool and a white swimsuit almost disappears completely at the bottom of the pool you can't see that person mm -hmm. um, so definitely these bright color bright neon colors uh, like the reds yellows um, bright blues but like pale blue like the bottom of the pool right. that blends right in so you know you can just google um, swimsuit color test okay chart and that will pull up and show what these swimsuits look at the surface and at the bottom of the pool and that might influence your next decision for what color swimsuit to get for your kids so it's easier to see them if they are at the bottom um, because as a lifeguard uh, swimming is fun drowning looks nothing like it does in the movies mm -hmm. it is not something where they're they're yelling screaming help me help me help me arms flailing out of the water it's quiet slipping under the water and not coming back up mm -hmm. and i've unfortunately seen it as lifeguard where i've had to go in a couple times those kids weren't calling out for help but you could see the terror in their eyes as they they would just kind of bob under mm -hmm. and and come up for air and then one time they would you know if you don't get in right away they'll slip under and not come back up and that's devastating for everyone involved so have someone who's responsible and know who is responsible for watching the kids uh, my family we have a very uh, two communication handoff you know i'll say my tyler and my husband has to say back you're tyler so we both know that i am watching tyler Okay. So mm -hmm. it, it's something we do in airplane safety to know who's flying the airplane. So I'll say my plane, you know, your plane. Yeah. So you, it has to be a two-way communication. He has, I have to know that he says my Tyler and that he knows I'm watching Tyler. I have to say it to him so he knows. Excellent reminders and advice um, as we keep our kids safe this summer at the pools. Thank you, Dr. Cruz, for that. Well, thank you, Joan Hogan, for slipping in today and joining us. I hope you come back again soon. Well, thank you. What I really enjoyed. Good seeing all of you. Yes, absolutely. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central for our television program. However, there will not be a show this Thursday, so this is a great week to go to the Prairie Doc website and maybe catch up on any episodes you may have missed this year or go back and even watch a show with Dr. Home as host. Catching up on some Prairie Doc episodes sounds like a great way to stay cool this week. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz and Joan Hogan for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.